You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. So I'm currently sitting here. I'm still in my winter mm-hmm. coat and hat and scarf because it's snowing in Boston. It is. It is so cold outside too. Like the wind hits you. So I looked at the weather app too today and it's it's like 38 degrees outside, but it feels like 25. It's so cold. And I feel like we went from like 50s to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready yet, but I'm still wearing ripped jeans and then complaining. No, it's <laughs> totally fine. That's what you do. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been so cold. I think the tea today was like too frozen to operate. To move properly. Yes. Yeah. So we both got stuck on the tea today. The tea is our subway system here in Boston for those of you who aren't from here. Um, but yeah, it's been such a busy few weeks and I can't believe that it's almost the end of the year. I know. I'm really excited to just kind of disconnect Mm -hmm. for a full week i'm still going to be working and doing some things but it'll be really nice to be home there's Mm -hmm. nothing like being home and kind of separated from my to-do list um so yeah i'm really excited but before we get into the episode i just want to say we're so thankful for you guys so i every year I try and go through a list that's not just like, I'm thankful for family. Mm -hmm. Obviously I am, but Mm -hmm. I try and be pretty specific just so I can, I don't know, really take the time on Thanksgiving of all days. So I just want to say for anyone listening, I'm seriously so grateful for you. So grateful. I'm currently taking a picture of Meg right now so that you all can see. We'll put it up in the secret Facebook group. I just laughed so loud into the mic. Because it's actually like so, like she looks so comfortable, but she's still in her coat and hat and just like holding the mic with two hands. I'm living my best life. It's so good. I wish you guys could see this. This is the perk of having our own podcast lounge area. Yes. Because we can do this at eight eight thirty. I know on a Thursday. I know, and it's so nice we live close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I feel like people too here when it gets cold, they kind of lose their minds. Like all of a sudden, they don't really know what they're <laughs> what's doing. Happening. Like what's happening? <laughs> and everyone has this like dazed look on their face, yeah. and no one's really paying attention. So as I'm walking around the city when I'm going to work or coming home from work, like I I look I try and look around as much as possible because you know i just i need to be like more present yeah and seriously the look on people's faces it's like a daze it's like they're all like wind what day is it and like you know what i mean like their hair is like sideways exactly (laughs) like some like i saw a girl that it was so cold like she was like her eyes were watering so bad that it looked like she was crying but she wasn't crying she was just so cold it's so cold (laughs) It really is. I totally get that dazed look, though. Oh, 100%. (laughs) You know what bothers me Hmm. is whenever it's this cold and I get behind a slow walker and I literally mm -hmm. am dying and I'm just like, get out Mm -hmm. of the way. Yeah. That make that is one of my biggest pet peeves is slow walk. I know, and like when you can't cut in front of them, I just get so frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wish I was more mature, but I know. Just sometimes you just need to get home or get into an office. Yeah can't be slow seriously so let us know what your pet peeves are (laughs) we have a long list we do um but today's episode is so good um we recorded this like 
nine o'clock on a Monday. Yeah. Because hashtag mom life for our guest. Yeah. Um, so our guest is Tara Foley, um, the founder and CEO of Folane. And she just had a baby. She did like very recently in yes. September. Yeah. So we were so grateful to have her on. She took time out of her busy, busy schedule. She just started um, back at work last week as well and just had a baby. So she squeezed us in and we had one of the best conversations. Mm -hmm. So enlightening. Yeah. It and we just incredible. like, I appreciated that we just got right into it. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel that because she has so many commitments, she gave us her full attention, but mm -hmm. right from the start, like right. we didn't need any warming up. We just dove right in. Mm -hmm. And I think one of my favorite things that we talked about for anyone out there who is maybe a little bit farther in the process, um, is getting raising your own capital. So mm -hmm. doing a round of funding and what mm -hmm. that's like to walk into a room most often just of, you know, white men in suits mm -hmm. and like, how do you approach that situation and be confident and, and not have the nerves. So I loved how detailed she was mm -hmm. in her answer for that, because I think a lot of times people keep that very private. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I loved that. Yeah. It was amazing. And she really like talked about getting the confidence to find your seat at the table and have a voice that people are going to listen to and respect. And I think it's, it's nice to hear a woman not sugarcoat something because she did go through, you know, how hard it was and how tough of a process it was. It wasn't mm -hmm. just like she walked in and it was like, oh, here you go. Mm -hmm. um, she actually, you know, needed to have the research to back it up to, you know, pitch a an actual like brick and mortar store, which was. Mm -hmm. not the best business prospect at that time. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she's grown it into such an amazing business is just incredible. Yeah. And I think when you think about kind of the landscape at the time she was pitching, eco beauty wasn't a thing mm -mm. right now. I think it's like a, it's growing like crazy, but back then it was something completely new. So I, I just admire her so much. I mm -hmm. always have. And I think especially being in Boston where Folene was founded, where I love to buy my eco beauty mm -hmm. products. It was just like one of those surreal moments it to was. have her on. Yeah. Such a well-respected woman in the community and just an all boss. around badass. Yeah. Like, she's so cool. Um, so it was a pleasure talking with Tara. Um, Folane is an amazing eco beauty, clean beauty store that we love. Um, and they just opened a new one in New York. And mm -hmm. there's some in other locations across the country. We'll go over that in the episode. Um, and I just want to point out that because we got right into it, a little bit of the beginning of the interview was cut off. So just keep that in mind mm -hmm. as we jump right in. Yep. Yep. But we know you guys will love it. Um, give us whatever feedback you have on the episode on our Instagram. Email us. You can also join our secret Facebook group. We'll approve you. It says secret, but we're very inclusive yes. here at the yes. Detox and Chill podcast. Um, so, yeah, we're so excited for you guys to hear this one. We love you mm -hmm. and have a good day. Bye. Or night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hi guys, we're so excited to announce that Lauren B Beauty is a sponsor of the podcast. Um, so Lauren has been on the podcast before, episode 20, if you want to check it out, but we had the amazing opportunity to try some of her products and we absolutely love them. Yes, I am a strong believer in Lauren B Nail Polish, so I love the Nail Perfector. It's like foundation for your nails mm -hmm. and Griffith gaze it's like a light gray color is the perfect like neutral color for like a fall into winter transition mm -hmm. it's amazing yes and I totally agree I think the nail perfecter has mm -hmm. changed the entire game for mm -hmm. me my nail polish lasts at least a full week if not longer um, and I love the color love Oh, yes, that is such a good color. Um, and I also love that the nail polish is vegan. It's seven free, so it doesn't have all the harmful, toxic ingredients that regular nail polish does. And it's finally like the last thing in my beauty routine mm -hmm. that I'm like, okay, this is what I need to switch over. Exactly. Which is awesome. And you just feel good using it. Mm -hmm. um,
Um, and it smells good. Yeah, it doesn't smell bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dan usually runs out of the room whenever I go to right. paint my nails. And this, <laughs> he like doesn't, which is awesome. Yes, it's so good. So if you want to check it out, Lauren B has been so gracious enough to give us a code. It's Detox and Chill 25 for 25% off. Insane. Yeah, and there's a ton of amazing holiday colors coming mm-hmm. out, so you don't want to miss that. Um, so check it out, and also check out the nail polish removing pads. Yes. These are my other faves. Yes, I have some at work that I keep there just in case mm, I need to like. I did that last Friday too <laughs> during a call. Yes, so good. So we hope you enjoy Lauren B nail polish as as much as we do, and thank you, Lauren B. I basically started focusing on my own <laughs> health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the only thing that made me feel really good. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hated my nine to five. Actually, it was, yep. it was much longer than nine to five. But I hated my job <laughs> every day and um, and knew I didn't want to go to law school. And I was so focused on, you know, cooking healthy meals and going to like spin class. And it was just mm-hmm. like, it was the only thing that felt really good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my kind of research for recipes and how to get healthy, I started to read about the issues with skincare and beauty products. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was a public policy major in college. I was, I have like an activist spirit. I was just kind of like angry (laughs) that nobody had told me about that. Mm -hmm. And then went down this whole entire slippery slope and just became obsessed with Mm -hmm. kind of like healthy, the idea of healthy beauty and started a blog. And I guess that was the podcast back then. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So when you were in, because I think a lot of our listeners are kind of in this age like Beck and I, where we're just trying to figure it out. We're yep. dabbling in a bunch of different mm-hmm. things. Yep. Right now, the podcast feels really good. But how did you, while you were still at your job, because at the end of the day, you know, like you have to pay the bills. Yeah. So how did you manage that? Totally. So I, I actually, I don't know when I was sleeping in retrospect, because it was like, <laughs> yeah. a, it was a lot of work, this job. And so I would stay after hours on the computer there um, and I would do a blog post. I made myself do like one or two blog posts a week and I would meet with these brand founders and I would do all my interviews all weekend, every weekend. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a lot of work and I was saving up every, it was, you know, it was a good, it was a well-paid paying job and I was saving up every single penny the entire Mm -hmm. time I was there. And, um, and then when I quit and left New York and quit and left that job, I didn't go to another city. I actually moved to France to work on a lavender farm, but they pay, it was a volunteer job and they, um, they pay for the entire stay. And so I didn't have any living expenses for, for months and months while I did that. And then, and then I moved up to Portland, Maine. Um, and I worked for a skincare manufacturer. Basically I realized when I, when the blog was going really well and Mm -hmm. I was became obsessed and I wanted to take it to the next level, I was like, all right, well, I don't know anything about beauty Mm -hmm. or about natural beauty. (laughs) So that was why I did the lavender farm and then the skincare company up in Maine. Um, and that was like, I knew I couldn't live in New York or Boston. You know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't making any money and yeah. I was living in like a very small apartment with some random Craigslist roommate. <laughs> My now husband, James would come up as much as possible to check in on things. Cause oh, make sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was living in like the cheapest apartment I could find in Portland, Maine, which is not really, it was a little yeah. seedy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I was always just kind of making it work, you know, mm-hmm. like I couldn't imagine life any other way. And yeah. you know, you have this kind of tunnel vision and yeah. you're just like, you can't imagine doing anything but what you're doing at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ended up getting some scholarships to for the MBA program that I went to next. And mm-hmm. I went to a program where I could just be like heads down working on my business plan for, mm-hmm. for what eventually became Full Lane. That's so cool. And I read also that you won a business plan competition. That's yeah. how kind of Full Lane came to yeah, be. So can you talk was, about that a little bit? Sure. So, um, so I was, when I was in school, I went to school knowing that I wanted to do you know, um, I actually, I was pretty sure I wanted to build a a retail store, but, Mm. um, pretty much everybody that I shared that idea with was like, you're crazy. (laughs) Like, Like, you know, you're, you're, I, at the time I was 27 years old and they were just like, you don't know anything about retail. You don't know anything about beauty and, you know, you should just build a brand and build a website like Mm -hmm. everybody else. Mm -hmm. But all of the brands that were out there that existed, they were telling me that there was no home for them, right? Mm-hmm. So there was no Sephora, there was no Blue Mercury of only clean mm-hmm. products. Totally. So I was obsessed with this concept of opening a store. Um, but when I was at school, all my professor or many of my professors also said they were the ones being like, this is not very yeah. smart, <laughs> you know, like, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? Like, it's very capital intensive. Um, and so I still worked on a business plan for it. And 
eventually in my second year, um, this company, this huge kind of like retail real estate company came to our campus and they were like, listen, we are looking for the next retail store. We're looking for the next, you know, retail, you know, a concept. Mm -hmm. And so it was a business plan competition just for that. And I said to myself, okay, I have to win this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This is your chance. Exactly. It was my chance. And so I went through, I won the round at Babson, which was, um, the school I was at. And Mm -hmm. then I was up against the kids at like Harvard and MIT and then across the country. And we ended up winning the whole entire nationwide thing. And that was what gave me the confidence to really Mm kind of take it to the next level. Cause I was like, if these people that do retail believe in me and Mm -hmm. believe in this, um, there's some there, there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so that was kind of what inspired me to, to take the plunge because when I was at school, it's a two year program. And I actually, the, the summer in between my two years, I was so, I didn't have the confidence to mm-hmm. do this. So I actually ended up taking an internship in something else. And mm-hmm. I thought that when I graduated from school, I was going to get another, you know, nine to five mm-hmm. job and keep yeah. working on the concept right, right, of, right. at night. But I was sick of that by this point. Um, but when I, um, when I ended up getting some capital and some connections from that business plan competition, I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to give it a shot. Um, mm-hmm. and it was the, it was, at that point, the biggest, I've, I've made many biggest decisions of my life, <laughs> but at that point it was the, by far the biggest decision mm-hmm. I had ever made. And, and I, you know, it was a big decision for my husband. He was also mm-hmm, in school right. and for our whole entire life. Like I was yeah. looking at this like career, this post MBA job offer, mm-hmm. which is like a really good one. Yeah. Totally. And then I was just, you know, like I, I kind of have to give this a shot. So I, what I did was I gave myself one year mm-hmm. and I said, I have to hit these, you know, three or four milestones. I have to like pay back my investment. And and I'm saying for the people listening, I'm saying investment with bunny, you know, like <laughs> in quote, quote unquote investment, because it was a very, very small investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like I, the money from the business plan competition. I sold my car at CarMax. Wow. Um, oh my God. My husband and I, like we liquidated every single penny in our savings accounts and everything we saved from those jobs in New York. And and we put it into opening our first little store in the South End. And, wow. you know, we like put the tiles on the wall and, yeah. you know, painted the walls and put the shelves up. And we started with only 10 brands of inventory because there was, wow. you know, no money. And I was just basically like, I'm going to give myself one year. And, you know, if we um, if we get repeat customers and if we pay back our investment and if people are actually like, you know, biting, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, I signed a one year lease, everything. Yeah. And within the first few months, we had hit all those miles. We had hit wow. every, checked every single box. And I was just like, okay. Did you feel relief? Oh or were my you gosh. still drive? Were you still moving forward to the next? I I felt relief, but scared. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, because it's like, oh no, now yeah. I have to really <laughs> yeah, do this. Yeah, it's actually yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because when, when I started, I mean, there were no clean beauty retailers. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was such a risk. And that's yeah. why, frankly, so many people at school and otherwise were saying, maybe this isn't necessarily a good idea because right. nobody else has done it. Right. And what do you know? Right. You're a punk kid. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. And what about the, so I think the stores are so unique in oh, themselves. Like yep. when you walk in, there's like, you can, ju- you just know it's full lane. Okay. Good. So it's by did, design. Were you part of that design? Did you have a design team? How did that process work? So the original every, I mean the original South end store and Beacon mm-hmm. Hill store for that matter, Everything you see was was me, you know, because we didn't mm-hmm. have a big team at that point. There mm-hmm. was only, um, I mean, really, there was me at first. Mm-hmm. And then I hired, like, <laughs> uh, my first employee probably six months into the business. And mm-hmm. so I could, like, you know, leave on a weekend. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, um, so, so really, the in the beginning of it was really just me. And so I did design that first store. And, and all of the stores that we've opened since then, they kind of um, adhere to the same core philosophy of, elevating clean and green beauty. So we want them to look like really beautiful bathrooms, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. you know, cause women, a lot of women still think that clean beauty and green beauty is crunchy and granola mm-hmm. and right. might not work, but it's like dirt on your face. Totally. <laughs> That's what they think, but it's like, so, it's so much more than mm-hmm. that. It's very, very effective. And, and, you know, you hear about all of these models and actresses who only use it because mm-hmm. they would never let, you know, the toxic crap touch mm-hmm. their face. And yeah. so, um, you know, anyhow, so I just wanted, I wanted women to know that these could match and, or even like, you know, go above the products they were getting from Neiman Marcus, you know, Mm -hmm. five blocks down the road. And so I wanted to build these 
you know, with a limited budget, build these beautiful bathrooms. And so that's what they are. You know, they have bathtubs and sinks to try everything. Mm -hmm. And it's a real, it's kind of like a, it's a really beautiful experience. It is. It is. And let's talk a little bit about like the toxic list. So to maybe take it back a step for our listeners. So you had this vision and you knew this intimately and all the details and all the products to avoid, but I guess, can you give like a crash course and why it's important? Yeah. So, um, so what happened was I was so focused on what I was eating and on my fitness and I was making all of these investments in my body. And then I realized, okay, um, I should turn around the labels on my skincare and beauty products and see what's in those and see if they kind of, those products align with the investment I'm making otherwise. And, and I was reading these ingredients and I was just like, I don't recognize any of these things. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I don't know that this is something that I would eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did a little bit of research and I found out things like there's no regulation of the beauty industry in the U.S. So in Europe, there's over 1,300 ingredients that have been considered too toxic to put mm-hmm. in beauty and personal care products uh, versus the U.S. There's only been around 20 ingredients that have been banned. So, so huge crazy. discrepancy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that that's what got me fired up. But then I realized, you know, okay, beyond all the public policy stuff and the regulation and everything, natural, you know, clean, plant-based stuff, your body knows how to digest that stuff and you, mm-hmm. your body knows what to do with it. And it can sometimes be much more effective and powerful. So, so there isn't just the whole, you know, safety side of it. There's also the efficacy side of it. And that's mm-hmm. really what now is being called clean beauty because it mm-hmm. used to be called safe. It used to be called only non-toxic, but layering on that kind of efficacy and that performance on top of the safety is really mm-hmm. this kind of idea of clean beauty. So it's like clean living, clean eating. It's like you feel good about what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, but it's also much better for you. So So anyhow, so I I realized that a long time ago at this point, um, before there were so many options available and before so many people were getting on the bandwagon. So I really had to kind of educate myself because there was no book on it Um, and really had to, you know, work with the brands and work with everybody from sourcing experts to scientists and chemists to figure out what was safe and unsafe and what actually made your skin like ingredients. Mm -hmm. So the re- one of the reasons why I ended up staying in Boston after business school, both of my husband and I thought we were going to go back to New York, mm-hmm. where, all of our, where many of our friends and family are. Um, one of the main reasons why I wanted to stay in Boston is because of this really deep science mm-hmm. uh, and research community here. So we have um, at Fulane this council of uh, scientists and researchers who help us kind of stay ahead of the curve when it mm-hmm. comes to safety of personal care product ingredients. So you know, everybody from the uh, head of environmental health at Harvard, Russ Hauser, all the way through to um, sourcing and supply chain experts, the first PhD in green chemistry, people that really know wow. about the ingredients in skincare and beauty products. Um, and because, you know, we're not we're not content with just kind of like following the pack. We've really yeah. been trailblazing ever since day one and, yeah. you know, sharing with everybody what should and shouldn't be in products. Mm-hmm. That's so, so cool. Like the fact that you have a whole board with these amazing scientists yeah. on it is huge because I think a lot of times, like you mentioned before, a lot of people with clean beauty, they're like, oh, that's just crunchy. It's woo woo. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it's not really a real thing. People are just kind of trying to take your money. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is fact based. It's science based. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you're just pulling random ingredients out of a hat and you're saying these ones are good. These ones are bad. You've actually put the research into it. So I think that's really refreshing. Um, I'd love to know kind of the timeline of when you first started when you first opened your first store when it was just you to where you are now with a whole board of people a team like how did that all come together yeah it's crazy to think about to be honest Mm -hmm. um so right so started the blog in 2009 Mm -hmm. um and started opened our the doors to our first store in 2013 and again, that was just that was just me and like a real kind of trial case mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was working. So then I raised a little bit of money um, from angel investors in 2014 mm-hmm. to open more stores. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, gave us the ability to open our store in Beacon Hill, our store the, um, in Nantucket and a few other pop ups. And really the importance of that was just to kind of continue to listen to the customer and mm-hmm. see like, what is it that she really wanted? So mm-hmm. when I first opened the store, all we had was skincare and hair care. I mm-hmm. didn't have makeup. I right. didn't have, you know, like many of the beauty, <laughs> normal <laughs> beauty retail categories we weren't even in yet. Um, and so basically 
those first few years gave us the ability to kind of listen to the customer one-on-one in these mm-hmm. stores, figure out what size the stores needed to be, figure out what categories we needed to sell, figure out like how to set things up mm-hmm. um, and really just kind of get our feet wet. And then in 2016, I, um, I was thinking about raising a big round of uh, capital to open many, many stores. Mm-hmm. And then I took a step back and I was like, wait, now we have real competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, now there are other clean right. beauty retailers. And now everybody from Sephora to Target to our competitor, direct competitors are, you know, claiming the clean beauty, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, um, credibility. And so I kind of took a step back and I was like, you know what? I, I think that there's a bigger, there's a bigger business here, um, than the one I was probably building to date. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're very, we, me before, and now we, our team are so incredibly committed to the mission of getting women to switch to these products. And we know a lot of our competitors are just kind of seeing that clean is a trend and they're mm-hmm. jumping on the bandwagon and they might not have those boards with science back, right. you know, um, they might not have many of the things that we have that kind of support the mission mm-hmm. of the business. So I was like, you know what, I'm, let's go bigger. Let's mm-hmm. just go as big as we can. And so instead of raising a round of money to open a bunch more stores, we actually uh, raised a round of money to build a really strong digital and e-com business. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, you know, this was going to get us access to the customer in Minnesota mm-hmm. and, you know, Iowa, where we might not be building stores immediately, but we could educate her before yeah. we build stores. Yep. So we did that. And by the way, I'm learning along the entire way, right? <laughs> totally. Like I had no idea how to like hire an engineer yeah, or, right. yeah. you know, build a website or do any of these things. Um, but I partnered with a, um, I partnered with an investor who gave me access to a ton of information and team building and everything else like that to, to bring it to life. And then fast forward to this year, um, you know, we have the digital side of the business is growing like gangbusters Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it gives us the ability to open more stores. So we opened four new stores this year in Seattle. I mean, nationwide, I can say that now, Yeah, you know, because we opened on the West coast. Coast Thank you. (laughs) Coast to coast. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, like this is, this sounds like a totally outdated term, but it's kind of an omni-channel business now. And we're online and have these stores and they feed each other and it's a beautiful thing and we're really building a very strong community Mm -hmm. and I think um, now that we have real competitors what we're becoming known for is that deep level of education and that deep level of community building we just opened a store in New York on Friday and oh my gosh and it was crazy thank you thank you and I was there and I was like wow I all the people that I I was there you know from the day from the moment moment we opened the doors to the moment we shut the doors and every single person that came in I was like you know why full lane you can New Yorkers have access to Mm -hmm. every single one of these brands they you know they can get this stuff anywhere and I was like why are you here why do you Mm -hmm. you know why do you care about Fulane and they were like oh my gosh because of the brand you're building because your authenticity because of the education and Mm -hmm. I mean I was almost brought to tears Mm -hmm. like many times throughout the day you know because it feels like it's really happening now yeah Mm -hmm. and to hear that echo back from your customers and your supporters that must be just huge exactly exactly yeah it feels really good it Mm -hmm. feels like we're in a great spot and we have a unbelievable team um right now our offices are in the Fenway neighborhood um so cool um and yeah we have an awesome team and it's and it's going and everybody on the team no matter what they do whether it's marketing or you know retail stores or engineers building the site everybody shares this commitment to health and to helping women and men you know Mm -hmm. select better better beauty products so yeah very cool I'd love to hear, so this is taking a little bit of a step back, but something that we haven't touched on before, so I think you're a really unique example to have you on the podcast, is having investors Mm -hmm. and what that process is like, especially as a woman. I would love to hear your experience. It's a great question. It's one that I would love to talk about, I mean, as much as possible, to be honest, because we do have a lot of our brands and a lot of my friends and a lot of just women, young Mm -hmm. women, um, entrepreneurs, I feel like it's, it's a scary place because it's Mm -hmm. still, it's still a a space dominated by men. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyhow, so I knew, I always knew that I was going to have to take on investment because well, because I'm not like personally incredibly wealthy, <laughs> right. um, but, yeah. but also because, um, because, you know, building a retail business is super capital mm-hmm. intensive. 
Um, so I knew when I was in school that that was something that I was going to need to do. But even if I hadn't gone to school, I think basically the first thing that you need to do is just be really just very bulletproof and clear in what your vision is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, you know, the goals and over the next couple of years. And so one of the first most important things I did was I partnered up with when I was in school, um, somebody who was way stronger than I was in finance mm-hmm. to help build kind of a model to prove, you know, this is, these are the milestones that we would need to hit for this to be successful. And of course, these milestones have changed like many, many times over mm-hmm. the years. Um, but even just doing that exercise for the first time, it's it's really, really important because it also gives you it gives it gives you the confidence um, to, I guess, talk about your business in a way that you know you know what you're working towards. And I mean, mm-hmm. like you should have that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You should really build the plan that you're building for investors for yourself. Right. Um, mm-hmm. To have your goals that you're working towards, no matter what. It, I mean, for your podcast, for mm-hmm. your, I mean, for like if it was just going to be that one store in the South end, mm-hmm. like no matter what the business is, I feel really strongly about, about everybody building a plan for themselves. Um, because of course that plan is going to change, but you need to have something just kind of a baseline. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was kind of the first step. Um, and I would say having those financial goals was also really important. It told me when I could start paying myself a salary mm-hmm. It told me, you know, um, a number of things when we could start bringing in employees. Um, it told me, it, it helped me understand, you know, the cost of doing the entire business. So, mm-hmm. um, so I would say before you talk to investors or even consider talking to investors, mm-hmm. you know, either building these plans yourself or finding somebody like I did who mm-hmm. can help you build them is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there though, I mean, the moment you start doing the business and you're super passionate about it, um, you need to, you need to tell as many people as possible. Um, and so I would say, you know, there's this kind of myth in entrepreneurship that you shouldn't share your idea with people cause they're going to steal it. Mm-hmm. But I actually completely disagree with that mm-hmm. because first thing is like there, people are going to give you really great feedback that will make the business better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, you're going to meet some awesome investors. You're going to meet some customers. You're going to meet everybody along the way. So I shared my concept with as many people as possible mm-hmm. um, before starting it. And then once we started it, I was like, okay, w- what are the things that I can't do um, mm-hmm. that I'm not going to hire for in the short term? And I knew that those things were finance, mm-hmm. <laughs> like really, really serious finance. I knew that one of them was science and chemistry. I knew that one of them was um, like real estate. So mm-hmm. finding locations. So I actually went out and I looked for um, wealthy individuals in each of those areas. So mm-hmm. we, our first angel investors, one was a, an MD. She's a, um, she's, she's a biogeneticist, but was really obsessed so cool. with clean yeah. beauty. Mm-hmm. One was a private equity investor, but he does some investing on the side on his own. And um, one woman um, was a very big investor um, and now CEO of a real estate, um, a retail real estate company. So basically, I mean, that didn't, that wasn't easy. That didn't happen overnight. Like mm-hmm. I spent many late, <laughs> right. late, late nights. Just call yeah. them up. No, <laughs> I mean, finding these people, yeah. you know, what I did was I created the profile of who I thought each of these investors needed to be. And then eventually once, you know, we, once we became, you know, family in some ways, cause you have to, you have to date these people right. and you have to like figure out if they're the right people that believe in you and your mission. And I actually had to kiss a lot of frogs before, yeah, sure. before landing on those original investors. Um, you know, once you, once you kind of seal the deal with them, they were my team before mm-hmm. I built a team. Mm-hmm. So they were very important in the beginning of the business. And quite frankly, many of them are still very important to me now. And they're some of my strongest mentors. And as I bring on much bigger investors now, and as I make really, really big decisions for the business, they're some of the first people I call because mm-hmm. they get it. They get the roots. They also get me on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was, it was, it's been a long road and journey. So those were the angel investors. And then fast forward to, um, to now, you know, as we talk to bigger, bigger capital, more institutional, um, capital, you know, it's, it's a much bigger ball game. So that whole kiss a lot of frogs, mm-hmm. there's a lot more of that mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> um, and, you know, and really making sure that people believe in you and, I, a funny anecdote was um, I was nine months and pregnant when I was raising money. And so oh you walk God. into these, one, one of the times we were raising money and you walk into these boardrooms and it's mm-hmm. like, you can tell, I mean, the people that treat you like a person right. um, 
and that, you know, still believe in you and your commit commitment to the business. That was very telling for me. And some of them were like, Oh, what's going to happen when you, when you leave? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm never leaving. Like the business was my first baby, you know, (laughs) or, you know, some people said, Oh, it just, a lot of people wouldn't believe in, in it. Um, and you know, then other people were like, I'm so psyched for you. And like, what a, what an awesome thing to be doing this as a mom and an entrepreneur. It's like, yeah, these are the people I just want to jam with all the time, you know? So yeah. Sorry, that was a very long answer. No, I love it. Yeah. I could listen to you talk about that all yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about it more to anybody who cares because it's honestly, it's important. It's really yeah, important. it's incredible. And the fact that you were nine months pregnant and still, you know, going forward and still doing it. Because I think that can, that could be discouraging for a lot of women, especially in the society that we live in. I think it's becoming a lot more progressive. But when you're put up against a bunch of white men in suits, it's yeah. not always the easiest thing to walk into a room when you're not pregnant, let alone when you're nine months, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so what was that feeling like when you first, when you got your first yes for an investor? Oh, that's interesting. Um, my first yes, I think it was kind of, again, like you're excited because you know that that's what you're working towards, but also really scared. (laughs) Okay. This is happening. And now I have to get all these other investors on board. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's a funny thing. It's, it's, I feel like, have you ever seen that? It's on Instagram. I feel like it was viral a couple of years ago. This chart of of the life, the day in the life of an entrepreneur. It's like all the ups mm-hmm. and downs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm on top of the world. Oh God, yeah. I can't believe it. Oh, I'm I'm the worst. I'm not good yeah. at anything. Yeah. Like uh-huh. nobody's going to believe me. Oh my gosh. Wow. I, I won again. You know, mm-hmm. it's a funny thing because it's like, you know, I, I think I was really excited and that people believed in it. Um, but they're writing you these big checks and your right, stomach that's drops. A lot. And like, yeah. I have to give them a return on their investment. It's or, a big you know. responsibility. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, and do you have any like things that you do before you walk into an important meeting? Like, do you have a power <laughs> pose? Do you have like self-talk that you do in the mirror? <laughs> it's so funny. I, um, I always get like kind of nauseous before really? big meetings. <laughs> so I used to be back in the day before I cared more about my health and wellness. I used to be like in college, I would always drink Gatorade before a big presentation. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, get those electrolytes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so now this sounds so cliche and I hate saying it out loud, but I do kind of sort of meditate. Like mm-hmm. I take my step myself like out of the situation mm-hmm. um, and I just kind of close my eyes and take myself to a beach or somewhere else like that and just take a lot of deep breaths mm-hmm. before I walk into things. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if I'm not calm and relaxed for these presentations, I always just, I mean, I've had really bad ones. I, this whole <laughs> podcast, I've been talking about all the yeah. wins, yeah. but there should be a whole podcast talking about <laughs> yeah. all the, lo- the loses because there have been so many yeah. of those, to right. be honest. I feel like that's the problem um, is that people don't talk about mm-hmm. those um, as we much. We can talk about those if you want. But like, you know, I've, I've had a lot of presentations that went really, you know, they went sour. Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel like many of the, many of them went that way just because I was like so anxious Mm -hmm. and I was like, just, I mean, my stomach was in a knot. I was talking in different directions. Mm -hmm. I wasn't making sense. And then, you know, but like if you're calm and it's something you believe in and you know, inside and out, like there's just, there's no way Mm -hmm. people believe you. They believe you Mm -hmm. if you believe yourself. right? Right. Yeah. So cool. And tell us about hiring your first employees. Like, what oh, did you look question. for just the first one? Because I imagine when it is your baby for so long, yeah, it's almost <laughs> hard to bring people in. Absolutely. I think what I did then and what I probably still do is look for people um, that are amazing um, and expert at the things that I'm not. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, when you could only hire one person, you're really mm-hmm. almost looking for like your opposite. Your and other half. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. Like your other half in like not your your life partner way, right. your other half in like, <laughs> like it's, it was okay if I didn't really get along with her all the time, but like mm-hmm. she on paper um, right. and just kind of background and expertise, uh, was just so, so different than me. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, my very first employee was actually somebody who came out of the health and kind of science Mm -hmm. side of things. And, um, and she had a, she had a master's degree, um, in public health and Mm -hmm. she's, and she's still in the space. She's no longer with Folene, but she's still in the space crushing it. And she, you know, we're, we're very, very different, very Mm -hmm. different personalities, very different on paper, very different in every way. Um, 
But yeah, that's what I looked for. Somebody who was just kind of very different than me, who kind of had skills that complimented me. And, um, and now, you know, we have a team of like 25 people in our mm-hmm. office, which is crazy wow. to say out loud. And, and you're still looking for people that are, that are doers that are super scrappy. Um, mm-hmm. and w- I mean, as long as I'm at full in, which will always be the case, <laughs> I'm always going to look for people that are super scrappy and passionate about what we do, but that are also kind of complimentary to me and to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I love that you said that, like, I love that you are admitting that you can't do everything yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes with entrepreneurs, it's like this picture of like, perfection of you can do all of these things so well and there's nothing that you can't do and it's like persevere in all aspects but it's like it takes a lot to admit that you aren't good at some things well I burned out thinking that I could do everything (laughs) so I I learned my lesson yeah I think that's what happens a lot of people get really burned out so the fact that you were able to acknowledge that and kind of lean into that um is really really cool um so I'd love to talk about the business now um so like, tell us about how many brands you have. What's your favorite? Yeah. If you have oh, one. I can't pick a favorite. It's like picking a favorite child. <laughs> um, yeah. So how many brands do you sure. have? You know, we have 80 brands in the store now. So cool. Wow. And that's, that's just other third, third party brands. We also are starting to make our own full lane products. Yes. Soap. Yep. Our soap. It's so good. Our I refillable soaps. Home. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Um, our refillable soaps are so important to the business. So Um, we have those and we actually came out with a deodorant this year. We're coming out with candles, lotions, other body products. So Mm -hmm. really exciting stuff. So we have our following brand and then we're starting to do collaborations with other brands. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we have that and that's, we don't, I don't know if you know this about us, but we actually don't sell any full brands. We sell, um, kind of a, an assortment, a curated assortment Uh from each of the brands. So what we're doing is we are trying to sell the best of the best within each category. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have cleansers for dry skin, cleansers for oily skin. So we sell the best of the best for each of the different skin types and concerns. What we're trying to do is make it as easy as possible for women to switch to clean beauty. Mm -hmm. We know that, you know, it's, it's like not as easy as the conventional switch between products. When, Mm -hmm. when a woman uses a conventional product and it doesn't work for her, she just moves on to the next Mm -hmm. one. But, um, it's not that way with clean beauty. So we know that there's some more handholding involved. Mm -hmm. And so our assortment really speaks to that. We have kind of the best of the best in each Mm -hmm. of the categories. And so, um, 80 brands, not including ours or around 80 brands. It might be like 82 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have our, we just opened our sixth store on Friday and like I said, they're nationwide, which yeah. feels crazy to say out loud. And where in Manhattan is your new store? It's in the West village. It's a favorite. Yeah. It's so the best. Good. It reminds me a lot of Boston actually. Yes, it does. It's a lot mm-hmm. of charm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a teeny tiny little store, kind of like the size of the South end, but it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be no. bigger yeah, than that's that. That's perfect. So we're in Boston, we're right outside of DC, we're in Dallas, Texas, um, in Seattle, and then in New York. So Mm, it's crazy. And, um, and then the online business is really continuing to grow like gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives us the ability to educate and reach people all across Mm -hmm. the country, which Mm is awesome. Mm -hmm. A dream come true, really. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a good, like what is your strategy to reach those people? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you even begin to think about educating educating them? That's a great question. That's yeah. the thing that's kind of keeping me up at night. Yeah. Right now we're, we're like throwing many darts at a dartboard yeah. <laughs> in a strategic way, yeah. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well we, you know, we have like really strong hypotheses for what we should do. And then we run really hard at them for, mm-hmm. you know, a number of months and, and many of them have worked. That's why mm-hmm. we're growing, but some of them don't. And so you move on mm-hmm. to the next one. So I mean, it's a, it's a great question because, you know, people have access to anything online and it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you grab their attention? It's different than building a store and knowing that they'll see the bright green on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So, so how we grab their attention is through things like these trial kits that we've been building. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's knowing that so many people are trying to kind of try clean beauty for the very first time right now. We, we built these little trial kits of a a typical skincare routine. So Mm -hmm. a cleanser, a toner, a moisturizer, a mask, um, and a body soap, one of our refillable body soaps. And so genius. Yeah. Wow. In like little (laughs) mini sizes. Um, and so basically we sell that, um, at a pretty cheap cost and it's, uh, it gives women the ability to try clean beauty for the Mm -hmm. first time. And so, 
we're working, you know, we put them on our ads. Mm -hmm. We're working with influencers. I was going to say, I've seen them in some influencer. Mm -hmm. Good, 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 good. Hopefully you'll see many more of them. That's one of the things we're working towards right now. So, so, you know, that's one example of kind of a strategy that we've Mm -hmm. had to, to reach more women. Um, and you know, many, many different things that we do all the time, but you know, and again, we'll see what sticks. Then mm-hmm. c- customers get sick of things, and mm-hmm. you have to come up with a new one, new strategy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And the real, the real clencher is getting them to stick with you after yeah. you, right. after you get them in. Because right. you know, if if a woman buys that trial kit once and she doesn't come back to buy it from us, we're not, yeah. we're not like winning. We're not mm-hmm. doing business the right way. Mainly because we need her to be continuing to buy clean beauty. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't. The last thing I want is for women to have a bad experience and then move back to their conventional, you know, mm-hmm. unhealthy products. Mm-hmm. Right. So switching gears a little bit, you yeah. have two kids, yes. a husband, yes. a business. Yeah. This How? is my next question. How <laughs> do you balance it all? Oh, I don't. I don't. I, don't. I mean, so I realized a couple years ago that, you know, there's three main buckets in life. You, there's your friends, your family, and your career. Mm-hmm. And you can't have all three at any one time. So I... I realized that right now it's mainly family and career. And I am so lucky to have some amazing best friends that mm-hmm. are still there for me. Right. <laughs> despite the fact that I like never see them or talk to them ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm lucky because many of them are kind of in the same place with their families and careers that they're mm-hmm. kind of heads down. So we won't talk to each other, you know, for a year and mm-hmm. it'll feel like yesterday. But right. really, I, it's my family and my job. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm here after yeah. putting my kids yeah, to bed right. and yeah. and I'll still be working tonight a little bit. And, you know, and it's really just about them and about, you know, Foleen right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that the idea of balancing everything is a sham and mm-hmm. people 100%. shouldn't, <laughs> they shouldn't work towards balancing yeah. and having this perfect you know, idea, this Instagram worthy lifestyle, because it's not, it's not real. So I think it's about finding the things that make you happy. And I'm looking for happy and healthy in my life. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take whatever happy and healthy will give me. Right. And what are those things? Like if you do have 10 minutes in a day to yourself, what do you do? That's a great question. Um, so right now it's been going for long walks. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like fresh air and, a little bit of exercise. That's the yeah. other thing. I'm, I'm probably not as healthy in terms of the exercise yeah. right now as mm-hmm. I, as I used to be and could be. Um, again, I'm not trying to balance. I'm just right. trying to, <laughs> yeah. just trying to do the best I can. Um, but yeah, so, so getting out for long walks are great. I mean, this sounds cliche for, you know, the person who runs full lane to say, but I take baths a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, one of the, one of the best things that we're doing at full lane is, is kind of creating this space for self care. So, I, you know, I used to go get facials all the time and Mm -hmm. get my nails done and get Mm -hmm. my hair done and do all those fun things. I don't do any of those things anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I do is, you know, do a face mask in my bathroom, Mm -hmm. shut the door for 10 minutes and I have that time to myself and it's like very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. It's like on this kind of accelerated (laughs) time schedule, um, but it's very therapeutic still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I've realized just being a little busier with the podcast and more things going on is like going to get my nails done becomes more of an effort than yeah. if I just do something quick at home <laughs> for myself. Totally. You know what like I mean? Cooking yourself a yeah, meal exactly, or something. Exactly. Yeah. So to me right now, going to do those things are not self-care, mm-hmm. but like to your point, doing a quick face mask yeah. is what I need. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things we love at Folene is like, you know, selling these mask and bath kits to women who are just like, they're overwhelmed. I mean, we're all mm-hmm. overwhelmed yeah. with like, social media and like, you know, our jobs, which we're all working at 24 seven. Yep. And mm-hmm. yep. so, I mean, I mean, going to get your nails done, your hair done could be f- great for some people mm-hmm. still. Um, and that's great, but I don't have the time for yeah, it. And I think a lot of exactly. people don't either. So exactly. And your skin is glowing. Oh, so I know. You're a perfect <laughs> representation. <our> <laughs> Whatever Could. products it better you're be using. Right. Yeah, you walk the walk as well. <laughs> better be. um, so I'm curious, I think we have time for one or two more questions, yeah. but I'm curious cause this is, been kind of my um not really struggle but I've been trying to get my husband to use clean skincare does your husband use clean skincare he does but it took him a long time (laughs) much longer than it should have and I'm embarrassed to say that very very embarrassed well he was always like a bar of Irish spring and Barbasol guy just like so simple but like so gross in Mm -hmm. so many ways (laughs) um and so it took him a really really long time but 
I think what it was, was I, well, after like literally removing things from our, from our <laughs> right. apartment like, many can't times, have this anymore. <laughs> I think, um, I think what it was, was actually, and I think it's different for every guy. I think it's different for every girl for that matter. Um, I started sending him some of the articles about men specifically oh, yeah. and some of the research about men specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, once we started thinking about having a family and like things started to get a little bit, little bit more real in life, hopefully this guys, other guys don't have to wait this long. Um, but there's been some research, you know, basically connecting the products that guys use to like, you know, sperm, sperm mm-hmm. count and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. really big articles in the New York times, which I'm happy to send you guys if you want to check yeah, out. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is a, this is becoming kind of a known thing that, you know, it's been linked to like infertility and mm-hmm. all sorts of things like that. And, um, and I think like once he started seeing some science, um, my husband James like many guys are very kind of like literal and fact-based and you know if they see some like grounded support Mm -hmm. um for it they they'll believe it and so I started once he latched onto that first article I just started sending him things Mm -hmm. like every day (laughs) and then finally (laughs) like you know I when I threw out the Barbasol one day it never came back Uh and um and so that was what it took for him. Hopefully it doesn't take that much for other guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys are now so much more invested in, you know, what they're eating mm-hmm. and it feels like such a connect, there's such a connection between healthy ingredients and in food and healthy mm-hmm. ingredients and in skincare products. And, you know, we also get the guys who are just like coming in because of pure aesthetic reasons. They're like, I right. mean, I want my skin to look good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we don't get as many guys coming into the store as I would like because mm-hmm. I think they're a little nervous because yes. it looks like a beauty right. store. Yeah. Hide yeah. behind the behind the exactly. computer a little bit. <laughs> but we we sell men's products to right. women a lot, and so we know that yeah. we're doing some yeah. sort of men's men's service. And I think what's nice about clean beauty as well is a lot of the products are gender neutral. Yep. They're not marketed towards a certain gender, Absolutely. so it helps with yeah. that. It's not all pink. So like my husband's right. like, oh, I can actually buy this because it's just yeah. white. <laughs> well, most men and women. I mean, a lot of guys that are getting products, they're sharing them with their exactly. with their yeah. you know wives and girlfriends yeah. and yeah. vice versa. And like the scents aren't like bubble gum right you know because there's no synthetic fragrance right which is so refreshing yeah very refreshing well so cool um what's your skincare routine Oh, it's always changing. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a bad person to ask just because like my, one of my number one parts of this job is to test products right. mm-hmm. that we're going to bring into the store. So I actually, it's tough because I always have my bathroom filled with products that we don't even sell mm-hmm. yet. Oh, so people wow. are like, send me a picture from it's your like bathroom. A candy store. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, not yet. Um, so um, so I mean, I can tell you that I do, I do all the work at night and very little work in the morning. Okay. So, um, so I do a big routine of, um, double cleansing. Uh, so I'll like, I'll use an oil cleanser mm-hmm. and then not necessarily a foaming one, but, uh, then a second cleanser, which mm-hmm. will provide a little bit of a deeper clean. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do a toner and then I'll always do, um, an oil moisturizer. My skin mm-hmm. just really likes oils as moisturizers. And then I'll generally do a gel serum for hydration and like, you know, um, for preservation after Mm -hmm. the oil. Um, And so I do all those things at night. And then in the morning, I literally just wash my face with water and put on um, an oil and then sometimes an SPF moisturizer on Mm -hmm. top of that. Mm -hmm. I just feel like at night your skin is regenerating. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't feel like I've heard this from estheticians of people that actually know skin. (laughs) At night, you know, your skin is regenerating and absorbing the benefits of all those awesome skincare products. So Mm -hmm. in the morning, I don't really want to wash that all away and down the drain. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening. This coming was after so your kids are in bed. fun. It's so cozy in here. <laughs> and it, this was so fun. And you girls are awesome. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. yeah this is amazing. This is a big deal for us. This is <laughs> a big deal. Good. Good. For me too. Yeah. <laughs> Getting um, out past eight o'clock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Same here. And I, I don't have kids. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so where can people find Folane? What's the website? Where can they find you? Great question. I should have, I should have said that earlier. <laughs> Folane.com. So it's F O L L A I N.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find us there 24 seven. And then in our stores in Boston, in Dallas, in Seattle, in Bethesda, Maryland, and New York right now with more to come next year. Cool. And Instagram, is there a full Oh, and Instagram, Instagram, it's also Folane. And then I'm TCO Foley on Perfect. Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. So exciting. Well, thanks again. As always, you can find us at Detox and Chill Podcast on Instagram, on the theonline.com. Um, <laughs> you can find us in iTunes. Please re- 
leave a review if you like us. Five stars would be great. <laughs> um, and we hope you have a great week. Thanks Bye, for guys. Tuning in. Bye. Bye.